You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 283. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Last week, we explored scripture and the idea of putting on the garment of praise. And I don't normally link episodes, but it might be a good idea this time to check out episode 282 as you head into this week. In fact, next week's song choice is influenced by this idea as well of putting on the garment of praise too. So I think episode 282 is a really good one to have under your belt as you enter into this week and next week's episode. And as I mentioned last week, to aid myself in putting on a garment of praise, in exchange for a faint spirit, I created a Spotify playlist. And last week's song is the first track, and this week's song, Spirit Lead Me by Michael Ketterer, is the second. And do you rearrange your playlists ever? Well, I did because this one made it to the top after after listening through uh, the playlist a few times over. It just resonated with me, and I really wanted to use it to dive into scripture and hopefully let you add it to your playlist because I like it so much. Now, it's interesting because it's been quite a journey for me over the past few months, just considering how the Lord speaks to us. I found that what I believed about this was more about a surrounded tradition and experience than specifically what God's Word teaches. And while this particular episode or this podcast episode is not specifically about that, I don't want to move forward without at least speaking to this idea. Um, It is foundational that you know what you believe and why you believe it. And you must be able to support what you believe through scripture. Now, some of the ideas like the Trinity, that can be a little bit more complicated than, say, forgiveness, because there's some like pretty straightforward verses on forgiveness, and not one verse uses the word Trinity in it. But if you ever feel challenged, don't get defensive. Go on the offense and seek out what God's word actually teaches. In fact, I know you love music, or you probably wouldn't have even been drawn to this podcast, but... Rather than letting the music you listen to inform what you believe, how about letting what you believe inform the music you'll consume or sing or write? Because I know I have worship leaders and artists among my listeners too. So before we dive into God's word, let's listen to a small portion of Spirit Lead Me. If you say it's wrong, then I'll say no. If you say release, I'm letting go. If you're in it with me, I'll begin And when you say to jump I'm diving in If you say be still Then I will wait If you say to trust I will obey I don't want to follow My own ways I'm done chasing feelings Spirit Lead me I try to read through the Bible every year And I've 
really buckled down and been successful the past few years. I actually prefer the rapid Bible read through with my friend Keith Farron. You can read the entire Bible in about four to six months uh, with along with over 100 people in a private Facebook group. It's really great. For me, it takes about 45 minutes a day of reading to make it through in about four months. And one of the Bible interaction tool exercises, I call them bites for short. Um, one of the bites that I often use to encourage you to is to read and keep on reading. And my friend Keith Farron taught me to set my reading time to the clock rather than to set a number of chapters as my goal. So when you sit down to read for 15 minutes or 20 or 30 or even 45, you stop counting verses and you really immerse yourself in the story of scripture. Another thing that happens is that instead of small details, you start to see some big picture ideas. And the first rapid Bible read through I did led me to this. When you inquire of the Lord, it goes well. And when you don't, it doesn't. Over and over in scripture, I began to see specifically David inquiring of the Lord. And so like our song, I'm done chasing feelings, I'm going to inquire of the Lord. I want the spirit to lead me. But let me say, it will be easier for the spirit to lead you when you know his ways. And his ways are revealed in his word. So let's dive into that. Now, first things first, let's step back in time to the end of Saul's reign. Now, Saul was the original ruler of the kingdom of Israel and Judah. And First Chronicles chapter 10 tells us that Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord and even consulted a medium for guidance and did not inquire of the Lord. So the Lord put him to death and turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. That's significant. (laughs) He did not inquire of the Lord. Keep that firmly in your mind as we begin to explore the pattern of David's life, which is to inquire of the Lord. Now, we're going to jump in the middle of a pretty big story in 1 Samuel. So it would be best for you to read the whole story in context. The historical narratives in 1 and 2 Samuel are wonderful to read. They read like stories. And so because they are historical narratives, they're telling a story in history. So I'm going to offer up three bites here. First of all, read in context. And in this case, rather than just the chapter before, the chapter and the chapter after, I'm I'm really going to challenge you to go a little further back and just read all of 1 and 2 Samuel. The next bite is read and keep on reading. You can do it. Set up, set a timer or set a period of time that you're going to read and really try to let yourself get immersed in the story of scripture. Then another bite I'm going to offer up is read it listening to epic music. Yeah, I'm serious. Put on the Lord of the Rings soundtrack and read and keep on reading the battles and the relationship drama and all the things that are happening in First and Second Samuel. All of that begins to come to life as you hear the music rise and fall with what you're reading. And if you have a hard time sitting and reading, or if it works better when you read along with someone reading to you, pull out that bite of listening to the to the audio version of Scripture. My favorite tool is the YouVersion app, and you can get that on all kinds of smart devices. So when you do that for yourself, you will see that David is not yet king in uh chapter 23 of 1 Samuel. Saul is still king and David has a ragtag group of followers and they are on the run. They are hiding in caves and begging for food and all kinds of stuff. But in chapter 23, we see David inquiring of the Lord in response to a situation. 
And so it says, when David was told, look, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and are looting the threshing floors, he inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go and attack these Philistines? The Lord answered him, go attack the Philistines and save Keilah. But David's men said to him here in Judah, we're afraid. How much more than if we go to Keilah against the Philistine forces? Once again, David inquired of the Lord and the Lord answered him, go down to Keilah for I'm going to give the Philistines into your hand. So David and his men went to Keilah fought the Philistines and carried off their livestock. He inflicted heavy losses on the Philistines and saved the people of Keilah. I love this. Okay, so David saw a need and he inquired of the Lord to see if he could meet that need. And David was a warrior, all right? So the skills that God had already developed in him served as a catalyst for inquiring if he should step in. I also love that when those around him cast doubt... He didn't get up all up in the trees about it. He didn't allow it to toss him about with emotional responses. He merely inquired of the Lord again. So David inquired of the Lord and he obeyed God's answer and it went well with him, but not for long. Keep reading. David said, Lord, God of Israel, this is in Samuel 23, verse 10. Your servant has heard definitely that Saul plans to come to Keilah and destroy the town on account of me. Will the citizens of Keilah surrender me to him? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? Lord God of Israel, tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will. And again, David asked, will the citizens of Keilah surrender me and my men to Saul? And the Lord said, they will. So David and his men, about 600 in number, left Keilah and kept moving from place to place. When Saul was told that David had had escaped from Keilah, he did not go there. So basically, uh, Saul gets word that David was in a precarious place in a town with bars and walls, and Saul could pretty much trap him there. And we could focus in here on the lack of loyalty of the people of Keilah, who were only alive because David and his men saved them. We could focus in on that, but we're going to skip that focus for a minute and zero in on David's pattern of inquiring of the Lord. Once again, David inquires and gets an answer and then changes his behavior and responses based on what the Lord said to him. Now, there are times when God will give him a a battle plan. We're going to see that in a minute. But have you noticed here that David asked if he should attack and God said attack? And at the second inquiry, God confirmed that he would be successful in his attack. This time, just a few later, a few verses later, David just asks for a confirmation of a rumor he had heard. Scripture doesn't reflect that God said to leave and move around to keep from being captured here. You see, David did that on his own based on the skills and experience he had acquired to this point as a leader of armies. So I read and keep on reading and you will come to chapter 30 of 1 Samuel. David and his men had set up their families in the in a town called Ziklag. And there's um, some pretty evil guys. They're called the Amalekites. And they come along and burn the town and take their families. Now, when David and his uh, warriors return to this total destruction, for some reason, I'm picturing like the scene in Mulan when the army comes up on a town that was burned to the ground by raiders. But anyway, it was awful. Just picture whatever you can in your mind. Don't forget that these things really happened. Scripture says in 1 Samuel 30 verse 4, So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. And I know that we're in a read and keep on reading mode here, but don't miss these kinds of details to really ground you to the significance of this part of the story and to really remind you of the humanity that we're dealing with. David and his men lost everything, especially those that they loved the most, and they were 
in deep sorrow. But this deep sorrow led to blame, and it ultimately led to men thinking about stoning David to death. And so what did David do? He inquired of the Lord. And David inquired of the Lord, verse 8 of chapter 30, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, God answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. And they did that, and they recovered everything that had been taken from them. And so you just see David inquiring of the Lord. I just love this pattern of his life where it's every every decision. He's inquiring of the Lord. He's inquiring of the Lord, and God is answering him and leading him and guiding him. And the next time we see David inquiring of the Lord is in 2 Samuel, and Saul had died. And in 2 Samuel 2, it says, verse 1, In the course of time, David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? He asked. The Lord said, Go up. And David asked, Where shall I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. So David went up there with his two wives, and David also took the men who were with him, each with his family, and they settled in Hebron and its towns. Then the men of Judah came to Hebron, and there they anointed David king over the tribe of Judah. This is such a full circle moment because David had been anointed king by Samuel. 15 years prior to this point. And even then, it was in the course of time and an inquiry of the Lord before David stepped into his anointed role. Let that sink in for a minute. Sometimes I think we want things to be really quick, that we want things to happen in in rapid mode in the next 30 minutes or the next year or the next five years. This was 15 years So David sets up shop in Judah and Hebron for about seven and a half years, finally in Jerusalem, which is renamed the city of David for the remaining 33 years of his reign. But there are still battles to be fought, even when walking in the anointed role of God. And in 2 Samuel chapter 5, we see him inquire of the Lord again. It says in verse 17, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king of Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord. It just makes me smile every time I read it. David inquired of the Lord, shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? The Lord answered him, go for I will surely deliver the Philistines into your hands. So David went into Baal Perazim, and there he defeated them. He said, as waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. So that place was called Baal Perazim. The Philistines abandoned their idols there, and David and his men carried them off. But once more, the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, and he answered, do not go straight up. But circle around behind them and and attack them in front of the poplar trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees, move quickly, because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. Now, don't you love that? So here, it's not just, yes, you're going to win and take the skills that you have and just employ them the way you that, that you know how. Here, God actually gives him a battle plan. And so you see, a lot of times these things, we want to read them as prescriptions, right? So God is going to go before me this way. And so you're going to go out into the woods and look for poplar trees. I mean, these are descriptive. These are descriptions of stories of how of how David in this situation and this time and in this plant in this area of the planet and with these poplar trees and these men and these families and this all of the details that are in these stories in that time he inquired of the Lord and this is the answer that the Lord gave him 
And there's more in 2 Samuel 21 and, and, and also 2 Samuel chapter 30. We see David continuing to inquire of the Lord. But make no mistake, there are other places when David did not inquire of the Lord. And like the story of Bathsheba and Uriah, or when he took a census of the people to name a couple of times when he did not. And we can't forget where we started in 1 Chronicles chapter 10, where we learned that Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord, and he did not inquire of the Lord. So the Lord put him to death and turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. So I want to learn my lessons from David when he inquires of the Lord. I want to seek to be led by God and not by my flesh or give in to temptation. I want to be faithful to God and keep his word, unlike Saul. So when we fast forward to how we inquire of the Lord, we don't have a Levitical priest on hand with an ephod. (laughs) And no, as followers of Christ, we have the Holy Spirit himself within us. And so when we run over to Romans chapter 8, there's this beautiful section of scripture that really talks about us being led by the Spirit and led by the Lord. So in verse 5, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. This is the opposite, by the way, of seeking the Spirit's leading. And we don't have to do anything for it because our nature will lead us to lead out with our flesh. But those who live, it says in verse 5, who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, and even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. And this is verse 14. This is our theme verse. For those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. And so that is my prayer along with this song. Spirit, lead me. So what's next? Well, I really, really want to challenge you to tackle the narrative told in First and Second Samuel this week. I do realize that these are long books in the Old Testament. But if you read and keep on reading, take as long as you need, but read in larger chunks of time. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Don't get bogged down in the details. Keep an eye on the big picture. Take note of when people inquire of the Lord and when they do not. What are the results? What are the consequences? Make it a prayer of yours to be led by the Spirit and not by your flesh. And if you are hostile to the things of God, by all means, surrender already. He will fill you with himself and you will be free. 
Now, while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellenizat.com. You can hop on Twitter at michellenizat or Instagram at michellenizat or on Facebook. Michelle L. Nizat is my public page. Let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who have subscribed recently, like Aaliyah from Missouri, Katie from New Zealand, Kelly from Florida, Stacy from Colorado, Missy from Kentucky, Gemma from Ohio, Gina from Texas, Kathy from Alabama, and Missy from Missouri. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. It's a great place to start. Subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You get an email recap of the week's episode, and you get instant access to any of the extra resources I create for my episodes from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellenizat.com to subscribe today. And have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? This not only encourages me, but it helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take time to review my podcast, I will take time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Maliza, who writes, more than a podcast, I've always connected to God through music and songs, so this podcast is perfect for me. It's helping me to connect even deeper to the words and scripture they come from. It is also enriching my devotion time. I love that. Or positive ones who writes gets you hooked on scripture michelle nizat's podcast has an engaging conversational style with interesting and impactful content she gives easy strategies for understanding the bible you'll never listen to christian music again without being drawn to searching out the source in god's word i love that or matt stang 46 who writes music with more meaning i don't know what i would do without music in my life i just really started listening to christian music the last couple years and the last time i found Last year, I found that 80% of my listening is Christian, and this podcast makes the Bible more engaging with use of music. Enjoying it. Thank you. Well, thank you. And your reviews are kind. But more than that, my prayers are being answered because you are being drawn into God's word on your own, changing your music and changing your life. You're linking the scripture to what you're meditating on in song, all of it. Thank you for taking the time to share it with the world. And of course, you can listen to the podcast through iTunes or the Apple podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use the song Yes, I Will by Vertical Worship. This is a request by my listener, Kelly. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellenizat.com forward slash 283. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.